following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey, and I am with my old friend, not old as in old, but uh, old as in longtime friend, Sandra Bernstein. Thought Hi, I thought I'd throw that one on you today. Okay, well, I am 60. <laughs> I, I don't mind saying I'm 60 and proud to be 60, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> though, though, when I turn 61, it's going to be like, what did I do this year? <laughs> I don't know. What am I going to say? Anyway, I'm really excited because, um, you know, being sheltered in place, um, but, but even before that, we've been watching this building erect on like one of the best corners of the plaza, and it's been going on forever. And, you know, conversation is like, who the hell has this much money that they can afford these <laughs> contractors and the rent and the this and the that? for months and years. Yeah. So um, we're really excited. We've got Martine. Gobey. Gobey. There you go. From, <laughs> who is the general manager of the Tab Family Outpost, and we're going to hear all about it. But I have to ask you a question. Okay. First Do of all, you... I to, I'm thrilled to be here because I feel like I'm, I'm in this uh, virtual room with uh, Sonoma Royalty. So. Oh, geez. <laughs> That's the way I feel every day, Martine. <laughs> you know, not, not true. But anyway, thank you. Thank you. I'm really happy that you're here. And it's fun to get to know you, even if it's IRL. Well, no, IRV or whatever, whatever those initials are. Um, okay. I had to go back a little bit and look at something. And this is going to freak me out if you know this person. Okay. Do you know John Giorno? Oh my God, are you crazy? That's he is crazy. one of my oldest, dearest friends. Oh my God, the world is so small. Johnny you worked Day. at Babo with him? Or so there was a time, if I may brag a little bit, that Johnny Day and I were um, basically like people came to, to sit at our bar and to be with us at the bar. Oh we, my, I believe that. I believe that. I'm going to text him a picture right now of all of us on the screen. Oh my God, you have to. Um, yeah. Because it's going to be, he's going to, I don't think he, does he know you're here? He probably does from social media because we definitely like follow each other on Facebook and okay. comment on each other's thing, posts and stuff like that. So, so from a direct conversation, but if, you know, probably. So funny, so funny, so funny. I can't even believe it. Okay, outsider in the room, who's this okay. person? Okay, so okay. Um, should I give a little background for yep, me? Yep, you and can. I'd love to hear how you know him. Yeah. Um, I, I really, uh, Brian, I really cut my teeth in New York working for the Mario Batali empire. Mm -hmm. um, I had worked in two restaurants before Babo, but um, I got hired at Babo when it was a year old. I didn't even have a resume um, for restaurants and um, I was very green. Uh, but I had two buddies from college that were working there. So they vouched for me as a good person and, and they, were, they needed a lot of staff. And so um, at that time, they were doing like a big hire. And so I got hired, it was only a year old. So the place was crazy humming. It was just one of, absolutely one of the hottest places in the city. And, um, and John, John Giorno, who Giorno being day in Italian, we, everyone, a lot of people call him Johnny Day. Um, so Johnny Day was, um, <laughs> hired, was hired after me, but um, 
because I was desperate for shifts, they were like, can you bartend? I was like, oh, yeah, but I really had very little experience. So I got a couple of bartending shifts as well. So I waited tables and I bartended. Johnny was a bartender and we had uh, shifts together a lot. So we were kind of like, it was a two man bar and, and a very much a dining bar because Baba was really like yeah. 10 seats and you know, you couldn't get a reservation more than a month out. And so we got a lot of walk-ins and a lot of regulars that dined mm -hmm. at the bar because um, you couldn't reserve there. And so, yeah, him and I uh, just worked that bar together for, for years. Okay. Very, the, very food, the food at Babo is unbelievable. Some of the best pasta I've ever had in my life, truly. Uh, that beef cheek ravioli is beyond. Oh my God, mm. I, we were a party of six and I think we ordered every pasta on the menu. <laughs> I, my brothers, we're just, we like to eat. Nice. So it's like, <laughs> Johnny, we went to elementary school together. Oh we went to Belmont Hills and we went to Louse Valley and we went to Harriton High School and stayed friends after, um, you know, we kind of, everybody left to go to college. People came back. I, he's been out here. I think he's been out here to visit me. Oh my years God. ago. Um, hopefully he'll see this. I did it on Messenger on Facebook. Yeah. But, um, He's probably like, what the hell? <laughs> but it just, yeah, it's such a small world. And then- Is that in the Midwest uh, that you guys grew up? Philadelphia, outside of Philly. Right, he's from Philly, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm just so happy for him with his partner and his cute dog. And, you know, it's just, he's fun. He's really yeah, right. lovely. He, he moved to Connecticut with, with uh, his partner and they've been together for a very long time. And uh, yeah, he's doing very well. He actually survived, just quick side note, but he survived a, a ridiculously brutal uh, Me too. accident. He was walking down the street. Oh, do you not know about this? He was no. walking down the street. This is years ago when we were working together. Um, he was out, out drinking, going to bars on the street and in the East Village. And um, literally a drunk driver went off the road, up on the sidewalk, hit him. Everybody else got out of the way, hit him and pushed him and pinned him up against a building. Oh my, oh god. my god yeah, his leg was like shattered his hip uh, he was in i a, don't remember this he was in a, a hip to ankle cast for a while bru all bruised oh you know, my god head hit the hood of the car it was r really rough really rough um so all of us took turns going to see him bringing him Aww. food cheering him up my wife would come with me you know we'd hang Aww. out with him. that's a long i i can't help ever thinking about that because it was one of those things to like see somebody come back from something like that is yeah wow do you remember that yeah anyway sorry, sorry oh my god no i hope he sees this um the other person and i'm not sure how you know this person is carmine fiore yes yes uh and carmine did tell me he knew you i forgot about that that's right yeah um so uh, my one of my uh dear cousins um and my only cousin that lives in america all, all my other cousins are out of the country my only cousin that lives in America lives in San Francisco with her husband who's American. And um, she works for William Sonoma. She's a uh, designer. She designs mm -hmm. uh, glassware mostly, which is really cool. Oh, fabulous. Um, and Carmine is in her, uh, not in her department. He's, I think, the head of candy for William Sonoma, which is a job I wish I candy? had. Yeah. Candy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Candy guy. Like they, you know, they, I don't know, like in the in Christmas, I know they sell like this awesome tin of peppermint of, bark. Peppermint bark, yeah. So that's his department. They together bonded on a 
company trip to Cuba and became friends. And so wow. they're work pals. And when I told her we you know, found a house and we, my wife and I bought in, um, in Boys Hot Springs. And when I told her where, where we bought and sent her the address, she somehow showed him where we bought. Oh, my cousin's in Sonoma because he has a weekend house. Up there exactly. With his husband. And Carmine looked at the map and was like, they're like around the corner from us. <laughs> <laughs> it's such so, a small world. It's yeah. so crazy. So Pre-COVID, oh. his, his husband, uh, Vince. Vincent, were walking yeah. by and, you know, saw the New York license plate before we changed over and stopped and said, mm. are you Martine? I was literally like unpacking boxes in the garage, I think. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. I rarely get to see, hang out with those guys because they come up on the weekends and, of course, restaurant game i work on the weekends so right. No. right sometimes they come by the outpost for like a coffee and say hi oh nice very nice yeah he's um it, it's funny because a couple days ago um chuck williams we did his birthday party and the opening of the sonoma williams sonoma either his 99th or 100th i oh. cannot remember i have the worst 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 memory but um it was just really weird that it popped up into my feed and it was like, Oh my God, I remember this day. And he was such a sweetie. Um, yeah, my, cousin, this, my cousin was there. She definitely told me about oh, that. Oh, that's amazing. Well, she ate our food then for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how did you, I mean, did you have a lot of history and a lot of cool places, but how did you end up getting this job? This is a good story, actually, which I was actually excited to tell because I, I love this story. Um, so I've been, I've worked in New York City. I, my wife and I moved to Brooklyn, New York when we were boyfriend, girlfriend 24 years ago. We were in New York for 23 years in Brooklyn. And um, I got into the restaurant business right away when I got there and uh, never looked back. And um, I'd gotten to the point where I'd been managing for quite some time, but I, I got burned out of managing and I needed a break. So I decided to go back to waiting tables for a little while uh, indefinitely. Um, but I knew if I was going to do that, I needed to do it at a high end uh, mm -hmm. place. So I got a job um, in uh, maybe this is 2016, 2017, probably 2017. Um, I don't have the best memory either, Sandra. So. <laughs> At Frankie's Latino. No. After that. So I got a job working for this group called Major Food Group in New York that is um, a fairly, I mean, the, the guys that, that own and run that group are young. They're in their 30s, and, um, and, but they blew up. Um, they're most known for a restaurant called Carbone. And oh, I get those emails every week. Yeah. That pork chop, the tomahawk, the spinach. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, I want to eat that food. Yeah, so they, so they got this great gig, which was um, the owner of the Seagram Building, a landmark skyscraper in New York City. Uh, he gave the Four Seasons restaurant the boot after, you know, 60 years, 60 wow. years. The oldest, uh, probably fanciest dining room in the entire country. Uh, the only landmark restaurant interior in all of New York City. It's mid-century, it's unbelievable. Oh. And he said, you know, they're, they're riding their laurels on, on uh, the service and the food and you're gone. 
it was a big controversy. A lot of celebrities came out in the newspapers saying, this is a travesty. How can you do this? Like Martha Stewart and Henry Kissinger, all these regulars couldn't believe it. Major food group got the gig and they uh, built two restaurants. One of them didn't work out. So now it's really just one. It's called The Grill, which was the name of the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the rooms of the Four Seasons. The Four Seasons has two huge rooms, the grill and the pool. And so now it's the grill. Anyway, I got a job as a captain at the grill. So I was waiting tables, but I was doing it in like a Tom Ford tuxedo. And, <laughs> nice. Yeah, like, it was an, it's an amazing place uh, if and when it comes back. Um, but it's basically like mid-century chop house, very old school. So there's these... Um, carts called Garadons that have little ovens on them and we wheel them up to the table and we make uh, avocado crab louis table side, we, oh. we uh, saute omelet, uh, an appetizer mushroom omelet table side, filet fish, there's a prime rib cart, etc. Oh. And one of the things that we do and almost everybody orders is uh, we flambe dessert. It changes with the seasons. Uh, Cherry's Jubilee, Bananas Foster, whatever. And so I'm at the two-year mark. I've been on the opening team. We got rave reviews. I was part of the review process, waiting on, you know, taking the critic one of the times. Uh, It's been an incredible run, but I'm at two years and I'm feeling like I'm coming up on 50 years old. I need to really get back to (laughs) career move. Like I can't, I don't want to wait tables in my 50s or 60s. Um, So what's next? I don't really know. Um, And, but I'm, I'm itching for a change. And one night, um, I'm at that point, that two-year mark where I'm feeling the itch to change. And um, in walks, uh, it's always busy there, in walks uh, this woman I recognize just loosely from, um, from those like uh, housewife TV shows. It's, her name's uh, Lisa Vanderpump. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, total diva woman, right? And, um, and ironically, in the restaurant business as well. Uh, and has a reality show based around that. Anyway, she walks I wa- in. I watch that all the time. Okay, so she walks in, party of four. She's got her her uh, small dog, dog in her arm, <laughs> and they seat her on the mezzanine, and it's a little bit like Siberia up there. So she, they don't like it. So they ask to be moved, and they move to the center of the room. Now this whole movement has caused a bit of a of a scene, and so now people have taken women have taken license to come up to her and ask for a photo and an autograph and like one, now two, now three. And so now they go, hey, you know, can we move to a somewhat quieter table? So they want another move. Oh. And I'm standing on the side <laughs> my station's not very busy and I have an empty table. And I'm like, oh no, please, no, not my station. They get moved right to my station. So I go over, first thing she says is, um, oh, tell me you don't want my autograph too, darling. And I said, no, I just want your order. Right away, I just break the ice with like, I'm not impressed. Let's let's go. We're you know got a job to do. But the point is, I build a rapport with the table. I have a good rapport. By the end of the meal, I'm flambéing a dessert, and I picked up on the fact that although she's a celebrity, she's not the host of the table. The host is this uh, impressive businessman, and uh, and you know I'm flambéing dessert, and he's telling them about this estate that he bought in wine country in California and how beautiful it is. And there's a house on the property and blah, blah, blah. And I'm flambéing the dessert, eavesdropping as we do in the business. And I'm dropping the dessert and I just jokingly say, sounds like you need somebody to run that property for you up in, in California. And they laugh and turn like, oh, you're moving to California now, huh? And 
the joke turned into a pretty serious conversation about the fact that my wife is originally from the East Bay and uh, her family's now settled in Sonoma County and we go out to visit every year and you know we've always thought about living in California someday I've kind of promised her that someday we would so I'd really consider it and da 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 I get a business card I follow up with a serious email that I actually have management experience I'm not just a, a captain um, I get called in for an interview and I'm literally like what do I know about running a winery nothing you know so uh, but the interview ends up being very much like an information session for me because lo and behold, because he bought this winery, his mother, so Mark Taub owns the Taub, uh, owns um, or runs uh, the, the main business of the Taub family companies, which is Palm Bay International and another co company called Taub Family Selections. His mm -hmm. father built this great empire of uh, wine and spirits importing. Uh, David Taub. David Taub is, is, if you read his obituary, is known for um, being the guy who brought Pinot Grigio to America first. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, before anybody knew what that was. Um, so Palm Bay International, big importing company. Mark has taken that company and focused a little more on wine. And mm -hmm. under that, um, Taub Family Selection's smaller wine portfolio that's more boutique wine portfolio than the big Palm Bay, he um, started making his own label, Au Contraire, in... Uh, in uh, Napa and um, um, I'm sorry, Au Contraire is made in Sonoma and then um, Heritance in Napa. So he's got two labels, one in Napa, one in Sonoma. And then he bought Sa uh, Saracena Winery in Hopland, the one I was eavesdropping about, which is a proper estate. And so his mother, um, who lives in Florida, she her family used to be in the restaurant business in mid-century New York, from what I understand, and owned at one point like 10 restaurants in New York. So those are her roots. And she thought, let's do something in California that's like an outpost for the family and showcase the family um, products, all these wine and spirits that we import, especially since you have such a footing now in California with these three labels and this estate. And they were originally going to do maybe a tasting room, but then they found that the market was really saturated with tasting rooms. And people kind of, it's kind of one and done, right? You go to a tasting room, maybe you buy a couple wines, maybe you sign up for a membership, but you're probably, if you're going to another tasting room or going back to California, you're going to go to other rooms. You want to taste other wines, experience other rooms. So they wanted something that was a little more um, catch-all and maybe repeat, inviting of repeat uh, business. And so this concept of the outpost came about where it's retail marketplace and restaurant and cafe and wine shop and tasting wine bar and cocktail bar. And so they were eager to have somebody with New York service experience to come out since they're not in the restaurant business. Um, I mean, Linda is, but she wasn't going to be on, on premise running this. Um, so yeah, so that's the story. Um, that's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, I made a joke at a table that I was never even oh. to have and led to a couple interviews and a few months later, Wow. Uh, I met him in May. I, I moved to, to California in July. Oh, my God. So you didn't even really have to fight anybody off for the job. It sounds I, like you know, I met him in March. The second interview was in May. Uh -huh. So it took, it took a while, actually. I actually found that's a new job in between the interviews. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's incredible. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, truly incredible. So Brian has another podcast called The Winemakers. <laughs> and... Um, I don't know, you guys, you probably have some wine person that wants to 
talk on his. They're much more famous than the bike goes on. Oh, please. Well, I'm curious, is Tom Hines still the winemaker for the Taub family wines? Yes, Tom Hines uh, is the winemaker for the Heritage label and uh, Au Contraire. And then um, Alex, um, what's Alex's last name? The winemaker at Saracena is uh, is different. His name is Alex. Um, sorry, let me find that. And and Saracena, Sandra, isn't that um, um, God? Who uh, Sebastian? Sebastian Donoso, wasn't that him oh. and his wife Saracena? That was their sorry, their Alex label. McGregor. Alex McGregor. Alex McGregor. Okay. Saracena. I don't remember them having Saracena. Really. Maybe. Yeah, after, oh, after, oh, yeah, oh, oh. he was at Campo Vida and then was making Saracino wines uh, on the side too. I mean, now he's at okay. uh, Bonterra, but, okay. and then yeah. uh, Tom Hine, I think was a, was a guy that was making wines for uh, Yao Ming, um, the Napa Cabs, oh, okay. the big, the big uh, basketball player from China. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't know about the history. No, you know, um, would be a great uh, participant on your, uh, I saw, I, I did, see about your um, podcast as well, which is, looks really cool, the winemakers. Um, so the three major, um, the three parts of our management team on premise here day to day are myself as the GM, uh, Trevor Anderson is the chef who was born and raised here in Sonoma. He actually grew up on a farm. You guys know um, uh, Sonoma uh, Broadway Farms? On yeah, yeah, yeah. Preston. Event space, Preston, yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, chef, uh, Trevor grew up on that farm. Um, his mom, oh, wow. his wow. mom pulled that property to Preston. So oh my goodness. Where did he cook before? He, you know, you'd have to ask him, but he, okay. grew, up, he grew up cooking all around the square. And he, so uh, actually, uh, I, I believe he did not get a job. Uh, he was going to work for you. Uh, he applied for a job to work for you at another place, not someplace. State? Yeah. At Ramekin's. Yeah, yeah. At General's daughter. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He okay, that's so wild. He worked there, but uh, um, was it bad? Did we have a bad experience? No, I, I don't think remember? so. He he, he <laughs> lightly said I should mention it. So. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. It's all, Do you remember all that, Brian? No, no, no. But I, but I'm Brian. curious who then who's the third leg of the tripod? Oh, yes. So Kevin Riley. Uh, who grew up in Napa. So I'm the outsider. Kevin grew up in Napa and he's a, a master sommelier. Oh, and wow. So we're incredibly fortunate uh, to have him here. And I mean, just imagine being able to come in here and, you know, talk to a master psalm to buy wine off the shelf, you know, it's, yeah. or, or at the table, if, you know, if, yeah. when we open and have. Mm -hmm. Well, and you guys have a pretty diverse wine list. I mean, you've got wines from China, Chile, Argentina, I mean, all over all yeah, over the right. world, yeah, which yeah. is unique for, you know, typically people think of coming to Sonoma, they're gonna drink Sonoma wines, but as we've seen with Valley Bar and Bottle um, down the road from you guys too, just, oh, just, I mean, literally within a stone's throw, um, yeah. you know, especially locals that we like when we can go somewhere and, you know, we, we belong to a lot of the clubs or our friends or the winemakers at certain places. It's nice to get different wines. Um, yeah. I, think the, I think the people that are most excited are actually the California wine people. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Without, without question. I mean, you know, it's funny because, you know, we've had a Rhone alone wine list since we opened. Yeah. Very and cool. yeah, I mean, I, I honestly think the only places I could have done that were here and maybe New York City. Right. 
you know, because anywhere else people, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. I don't think people would be really like, why? Right. Or, or not be able to pronounce the names of the, right. of the variety. <laughs> they still, they still can't. But, <laughs> you know. I, have, I have a lot to learn with uh, both California and, uh, and France. Uh, I mean, and the rest of the world, but my, just by kind of by chance, I ended up working with um, all Italian lists. In oh, the, yeah. Over, over yeah. Starting, yeah. With, starting with Babo, then Del Posto, mm -hmm. and then uh, a small pizza restaurant. We were talking about Glen Ellen Star before we started recording, but um, uh, a lot of love for that place because um, mm -hmm. uh, in my heart, I have uh, that I'll always have uh, this place called Franny's in Brooklyn that I, mm -hmm. uh, my first GM job. Mm -hmm. and really great artisanal pizza, but also all Italian wine list. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, so, and then Frankie Spuntino in Brooklyn as well, all Italian. Mm -hmm. so I, I'm very comfortable in Italy, but outside of that, wine-wise, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, but what about Argentina? I mean, of course, you know, <laughs> I, I love and drink Malbec when I can, but I don't, I couldn't talk to you about, you know, mm -hmm. producers and stuff. Yeah, like I love Carmenere, the Carmenere grape. Oh, yes. Yeah. And um, Patty Britton, who is a wine label designer who lives in town, who designed our logos. And we worked together way back at the Ansa Winery before I opened um, the restaurants. Uh -huh. But um, she did some labels in for La Cena, C-E-N-A. -C okay. Do you, I don't know. It's a higher end, big red from Chile. And she was going there to see the property and meet everybody. And I totally crashed on her, on her business trip. Like, oh okay, God. I want to go to Chile. We went to Pucan. We drove to um, the border of Argentina. Uh, <laughs> it was awesome. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's funny you say that because I've seen um, so on my Instagram some people from the Taub family company uh, visiting Argentine winemakers that probably are in the portfolio of the company. And my dream is that someday I get to tag along on one of those trips too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Like the world, the whole world is opened up for you. Yeah. In some ways. Yeah. Well, hey, so, can we talk about the building that you guys are in? Cause I think sure. it's, it, re it really would be classified as a historical landmark. I think it's been around since like 1850 or something. It was a general store for a long time and then it was a bank, but just because of the renovations that it's gone through, I think that's the reason it's not really classified as a historical landmark. But I mean, it is such a cool building. Um, and we got to see before we started the show, but you guys even have a little speakeasy um, in the building, which is, and so tell us a little bit about the yeah. layout. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's three floors. It's, it's two floors. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it is a landmark. I think that, um, I mean, I'm not an expert, but I think that the landmark status pertains to the facade. So uh, okay. but the, the stucco, mm -hmm. uh, adobe um, kind of mission uh, mm -hmm. feel of the architecture on the outside is what can't change. Okay. Um, the, the entranceway, um, or for example, we, we, we thought maybe we wanted to put up gates just to um, um, protect the, the entranceways a little bit at night, you know, when, when no one's around and we couldn't put up a gate of any kind on the doors. Yeah, what about an elevator? That's, a, there's been some pushback online about that. So I would love to speak on that. Um, so we, are, we were allowed to uh, not put an elevator in 
because we are offering whatever we offer, we offer everywhere. So although the Speakeasy Cocktail Bar is upstairs and um, the, the main dining room, if you will, is upstairs, we will always offer table service downstairs when we're serving upstairs and we'll have seating downstairs and you can always get a cocktail downstairs. So whatever menu you want to look at and order from um, is, is wide open wherever you are in the space. Oh, okay, so did does this that protect you? Does that protect you from any kind of potential? Was that a, yeah, was that an ADA issue? Yes, that that okay. is how we are allowed to comply with ADA without putting an elevator in. Which, so it's, what I understand, the elevator would cost half a million dollars. Was the yeah, <laughs> and it, uh, architecturally or design wise, it had to be in the center of the. Yeah. It could be like in a corner of the building. It would have right. to be like in the center of the building. So it would have completely like disrupted yeah. uh, where a kitchen goes. And, and right. Yeah. It would have been because when I look at the Sonoma Hotel, like, you know, we have first rate refusal if the guys ever want to sell the hotel. It's a three floors. And I'm just like, oh my God, you know, I would so put an elevator in there. Um, for so many reasons, but at the time, at the time I started looking at it, it was only about three hundred thousand, mm -hmm. and I had the place, and you know, it's kind of crazy, but right. um, but what's interesting is is so you know we're working on all the parklets, so we just put up our parklet next to the restaurant on First Street, right. and <clears throat> there's a twenty-five page, you know how to build your parklet in Sonoma. And there is a section in it that says, you have to have one ADA table in the parklet. Now, to me, you know, which to me makes absolutely no sense at all for exactly what you're saying. You can sit at an ADA table that's either on the patio or on the sidewalk that has all the same offerings. Right. Why, you know, why are they going to make us put an ADA table right across the sidewalk in case somebody wants to sit there? It's, um, it's really, I think the city does so many things just to prevent a possible lawsuit. Yeah. Well, and Sandra, what would be the difference between an ADA table and a regular table that's out on the street anyway? It would be a little bit lower? Um, well, actually... Like our ADA tables have legs on the outside. So okay. you could pull, and actually now that I say that, I wonder if we actually have one in the mix right now, because I know we have some inside. I should check on that, good good point. But it, you can right. roll your chair right the in. The legs are on the four corners. Right. right, right, and you can just, instead of the middle thing. And I think the height is the same. Um, the bar height would change, you know, like they make a lot of bars. Like if we were to renovate the bar, Sonoma would make us put a handicap bar, which again is crazy because the bar lounge is right there. Right. So if I, if I may on that, yes. um, so this is what I agree with you. This is crazy. What happened here is although we didn't put an elevator in, right. And, and we're not required to. So I do want to say those who have, there's quite some pushback online and, and social media. Lovely. Uh, about, about the fact that we didn't. The thing is, is that honestly, the, the issue people should have is not with us, but with the whatever laws allowed us to be compliant. You know, we, exactly. so it's not on us. Right. Um, but they still required us to do ADA compliance upstairs in the event, I suppose that 
we, somebody gets carried up here in a wheelchair, which of course is very possible. But our bar up here, the, the bartending uh, area for employees is ADA compliant. So it, it, to me, and the restrooms are ADA compliant, so to, and the bar has an ADA uh, access, which I'm all for, it's great, but I don't understand, like, would we hire a bartender and then assign them to work upstairs? No, we would say, okay, you're, you're, if you're in a wheelchair, we're gonna assign you to the downstairs bar. Right. It's gonna be much more compatible to you. Well, but, but here's the thing is that let's say, let's say the upstairs bar is generating much more revenue right. than what they could say is I'm not be, you're not giving me the ability to make more money um, because you're putting me at the downstairs bar. So, True. so we would have to, we would have to, uh, we are a pooled house and we would have to okay. just, make sure oh, very cool. that's a very good point. That's a yeah. very good point. Yeah. So for us, when we had the food truck, yeah. Um, we, it was just, just about all ready to go and we had it done in another state and they did the California inspections on it. And then when it came, they, they did the inspection. They made us redo where all the equipment is because it wasn't ADA. If we didn't have, there wasn't enough room for a wheelchair to turn around in. In the truck. In the truck. But they never made us put a ramp on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's just, I, I don't get bureaucracy at all anymore. Right. Yeah, I right. mean, it was like spent thousands of dollars, like rearranging this, changing, you know, flow of the hood, whatever. And, and again, you know, we wouldn't discriminate against somebody, of but, no, of course. you know, it's not a practical job to be in a wheelchair to cook or serve in a food truck. Yeah. Right. It right. Just, this is, but this is an American thing. I mean, for the most part, I, I notice when I travel through Europe, I mean, sometimes I'm getting on boats or ferries in like Spain, France, or Italy, mm -hmm. and you're literally jumping across a gap onto, right, onto right. a boat. And I remember thinking, oh my God, if this was in the United States, we would have four signs and we'd have a specific yeah. ramp that would be like that. So. Yeah. And you know, it's we're, we're obviously you can tell from who's in charge right now. We're a very litigious society, and this is yes. the way it is. And we want people from wheel that are in wheelchairs to come yes. visit our our restaurants. Yeah. So yeah, you know, no doubt, no doubt. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, look, I totally understand ADA compliance on this floor, on the second right. floor, right. right? Because of just in the event, let's say somebody has a private event. Of course, like we're right. all going to help get the, the guests to the private event upstairs and then there's bathrooms they can use and, and they can mm -hmm. move around. I'm simply talking about the bar area for the employee that right. like the truck, like right. your truck right. where it's right. like, mm, yeah. we would and there's restrooms on the ground floor. We wouldn't put that on the employee. To have right. right. You know, yeah. you have restrooms on the <laughs> ground spots to get him up, him or her upstairs. Right. Which I think would be, you Worse know, of a burden. Yeah. Yeah. You have restrooms on the ground floor. I'm sorry. You have restrooms on the ground floor as well? Yes, two downstairs and three yeah. upstairs. Oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah. Don't say that too loud <laughs> because once you open, you'll become the public restroom. You know, through COVID, honestly, I feel like we already have. Oh, you're COVID. kidding. No, oh yeah. I think partly just our location. You know, we're just such a, this, on, this, on this prevalent corner with a lot of tra foot traffic. Well, and it's, I'm sure people know that it's very clean. 
Um, so, yeah. And it's a newer wow. property, and there's no Starbucks on the plaza, so that's yeah. normally where people go. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we're not letting anybody inside the building, but we do have restrooms on the patio. Right. The tricky thing with us is that we, we are open for retail. So people oh, right. can okay. retail. We don't let anyone drink or consume anything right. inside, but we do want them to come in and shop for wine. So weird. Yeah. So oh we're open to retail, but we do take out from the window. So it gets, it gets a little tricky sometimes, you know. So but. crazy. So what is your mix of retail? Is it mostly wine or do so you carry other California things or? The goal is to eventually really flush it out and have it be a, a marketplace. Mm -hmm. uh, we have not uh, spent a lot on things that we can't quickly turn around and, and sell. So, um, so we've not really flushed out a lot of the um, a lot of the food items that we plan to uh, mm -hmm. to carry. But definitely, the goal will be to have it really be a marketplace, uh, nice. not just a nice. wine shop. Mm -hmm. um, and and there's, some, there's some merchandise, well, some wine merchandise. We'll have mm -hmm. picnicking merchandise. We really would love to be. Um, the kind of place where if you were either going to have a picnic in the plaza or knew that you were in, you know in town and going to go on wine tastings mm -hmm. and you know you want to come in and get like uh you could get like a, a fleece vest if you get cold a blanket to put <laughs> on, some you know cool little uh wine cups that are um you know reusable or disposable you know plastic wine cups mm -hmm. you need a wine key you know you need a picnic basket of food you know prepared foods mm -hmm. Cracker, cheese, whatever, uh, cured meats. We want to be kind of a one-stop shop if you're, you know, going to the square or going on wine tastings for the day, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Very cool. And then um, how many employees do you have at the moment? At the moment, let me see. We have... Um, Um, I'm going to say we have six that are front of the house, uh, or six or seven, mm -hmm. and, and probably about the same in the back of the house with dishwashers and cooks. So we're we're probably just under 15. Mm -hmm. right oh around, my God! Uh, wow. 12, 15. Yeah. yeah. Not not counting uh, and the three managers. Mm -hmm. And what does your day consist of? Like, what are you doing right now? A little so bit of everything. We're closed on Mondays. Um, so uh, we're open Tuesday through Sunday for right now, and we're open 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. So starting at 8, 8 a.m., we're offering um, coffee and breakfast um, from Tuesday to Friday. So weekdays, we, do, we have a breakfast menu, mm -hmm. and coffee's available all day starting at 8 o'clock. Um, and then we move into what we call the all-day menu, which is our lunch and dinner menu. And then there's daily specials in addition to the all-day menu. Mm -hmm. um, that we run for lunch and dinner. On weekends, we do brunch from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Mm -hmm. and then fit into the all-day menu and the daily specials. And so Saturday and Sunday is brunch and then the all-day. Mm -hmm. um, so my personal day um, depends on whether I'm the, Kevin and I take turns opening and closing. So, mm -hmm. um, so if I'm opening, mostly Kevin opens, but um, so if you're opening, you're here at 7.30 with the barista. Mm -hmm. and, um, and openings requ you know, require setting up all the chairs outside. We don't leave them out overnight, spraying mm -hmm. down and wiping everything down, mm -hmm. uh, both for COVID, but also for ash, as we all know now. Nowadays. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and whatever other dust might be passing. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, 
just getting set up inside for for to go because um, it's we just do to go for uh, breakfast and lunch and then we do table service at night um, for dinner service on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. um, we have the tables and chairs out there so people can get to go breakfast and lunch and then seat themselves mm -hmm. uh, to dine to go. So basically monitoring uh, the window and the telephone and uh, and you know the usual managerial stuff on, on right. whenever possible. Um, I'm also involved in whatever kind of social media we're doing as far as okay. posts, um, but I get a lot of help um, from the younger generation, which is key. Um, yes, very. Yeah, our lead barista, um, Callie Grant, she's both an incredible uh, barista, but also a graphic designer and, wow. um, and just very savvy with social media and, and so, well, that's okay. totally convenient. If you're oh. not making coffee, you can post. Oh, yeah. She's, she's a real gem. to have her. She's great. Yeah, I like that. And beautiful photos on Instagram. The food looks incredible. The it presentation's amazing. amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't really left, so I haven't had a chance to taste anything. I actually haven't eaten our food since March. Uh, I know. You, I'm like... Looking for yourself? Are you a chef by trade? No. Okay. No, I went to culinary school, but I, it just wasn't the direction I wanted to be in. Yeah, so, yeah. But I am cooking a lot more than I've ever cooked. Mm. Um, and <laughs> I'm not really taking to go. I'm not really taking food to go. Mm. Um, it's just, yeah, I'm just cooking here. And it's like, I miss everything. I miss like, I, I'm like, now when this is over, I mean, you're new and Valley is new and Wit and Wisdom is new and the Sausage Emporium will be new. Um, right. I know. Isn't yeah. it amazing that we had um, some great spots that sort of open up during this thing? I, and obviously no one thought this was going to, or at least I don't last know too many people that long. thought it was going to last this long. But um, yeah. but yeah, I can't wait till we get to... <laughs> start yeah, actually what? doing dining where I can go visit these spots where um, I would love to go to this speakeasy. I don't know who's running your cocktail program. Is that you? No, no. Kevin uh, Riley, our, our beverage and wine director, is responsible for the uh, cocktail program as well. Um, we, another, we've gotten some, you know, for the small staff we have, we've gotten some really incredible hires. Um, we got this guy, Chase Martinez, who was a bartender in San Francisco for years. Mm -hmm. um, his family actually owns um, Sweet Scoops. So he moved oh. up here just, uh, I think, pretty recently in the last year or so before the pandemic, because he um, had been coming up to help his sister and brother-in-law with the ice cream business and then moved up here full time to become the ice cream maker. So wow, he wow. came up here to work uh, for his family business and make the ice cream and obviously uh, wants to do some uh, bartending on the side. So so we got him first and then he didn't want the full-time job. So we were in search of uh, somebody to really take a lot of the mm -hmm. uh, beverage program off of Kevin's plate in terms of designing cocktails and, mm -hmm. and just so much production. Cause a lot of it's really um, well, as you guys know, with cocktails, yeah. freshly driven, squeezing syrups, mm -hmm. tinctures, uh, all that kind of cordials, all that kind of stuff. And so we're so lucky. Um, I don't know if you guys know this cocktail bar that was in Petaluma, um, sisters something sisters oh man what was it called um anyway they closed because of the pandemic so um one of the owners is now our uh lead bartender wow. danielle peters yeah so okay. really, really fortunate um so she's just been on a few weeks so far so 
Uh, yeah. But between her and Chase and Kevin, they're really uh, spearheading the whole program. Is it sisters or was it, um, is it, was it the restaurant on the, was it the vegetarian restaurant? No. They did uh, some really cool drinks there. No. I'm trying to think what, because Brian, you, that's your territory. We, yeah, we, and I, I think, we, I think I know what um, Whisper Sisters. Yes, thank you. Yes, nice, Brian. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, Whisper Sisters. So Danielle, huh. Danielle was a partner in Whisper Sisters um, with her fiance and her brother, and um, they the, their plan was from what I understand it was a very successful place, um, and people loved it. But they their plan was to buy out their their primary investor once they got to the point where they could. But um, with COVID, the investor pulled the plug. Oh. So, yeah, really unfortunate for them. But fortunate for us because Danielle's amazing. You know, she, uh, first of all, I mean, anyone to run your bar program who has run her own bar program. Right, it's fabulous. It, you know, just. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and, and we're really lucky. We have great, really great personalities in, in just the, the small staff we've hired so far. Mm. Just really good people. Knock on wood. Malcolm, yeah. And Martine, who did the overall design of the building? I mean, uh, the um, interior. Uh, so GMH locally uh, took over the the plan. One of the reasons the place was so delayed is that we did have to uh, let go of the first contractor who just could not meet deadlines. Oh. And then GMH came in and um, and took over the project and saw it through to the end. And they were amazing. They're oh, that's good. Yeah, local local contractor. Um, and we're still working in the, with them on uh, other things, which I will get to in a minute. I know that is extremely exciting. Yeah. Wait, what? Like, so <laughs> I got to give a shout out to okay. Becky Carter's Becky Carter Studios. Becky Carter uh, is a small boutique design studio. She has an office in Oakland and also New York City, and they are responsible for really a lot of the design mm -hmm. and just the real uh, cool touches in here, like some of the just the furniture the lighting the color mm -hmm. scheme a lot of the design um so becky carter mm -hmm. studios awesome yeah. um, and, and for just finding the the art artisans that did things like the hand-painted mural in yeah. The, yeah in the speakeasy you know it's becky found that artist oh very cool mm -hmm. i mean that's fun that stuff is fun and it gives you stories and makes it interesting sure. or, yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah well go ahead tell brian what you're doing so Brian, you, you probably know uh, the, the storefront next door to the outpost between us and the silver shop um, uh, is, uh, was Brahm, was a clay pot store. Mm -hmm. You know, like had tagines and yeah. It's been empty pretty much the entire time we've been under construction. Mm -hmm. And it's the same landlord, this whole uh, parcel from Valley, mm -hmm. the silver shop, all four of these businesses is the same uh, mm -hmm. ownership um, and it's parcel. So the silver shop and, and the old clay pot store share a backyard that's never been used for public use as far as I know. It was overgrown, there's trees back there and some old sheds. And so we are working with the city and the landlord to, uh, we're, we're finalizing the lease with the landlord to take over the storefront there. And um, we're working with the city. We have a, um, 
uh, a plan that's been um, been submitted and is being uh, reviewed, we hope. Mm -hmm. And we're hopeful to um, create a patio dining back there. Awesome. Uh, in, in the sense of, uh, in, in keeping with the whole parklet idea, um, mm -hmm. like Sandra has with the, with the park and the parklets and other people have, um, we, unfortunately, the corner we're on is very prohibitive for us doing anything more than a few tables on the sidewalk because yeah. Yeah. of the crosswalks and there's a hydrant there. So in terms of ADA compliance with, this, with the ramps yeah. coming into the corner on both corners, uh, both sides of the corner, plus the hydrant. And then on Napa, you have, that's Highway 12, that's Caltrans. So we can't do right. anything over there. Um, so it's very prohibitive. So we're hoping we can uh, get uh, green light to start to do um, patio seating in that back patio. And we've already done the work to uh, get it, to try to get it ready in terms mm. of having it cleared and leveled and pavers put down. Um, we're building a fence to, um, to portion off um, our part versus Michael from the silver shop. Mm -hmm. fence, I think along. And he's a great top. jeweler. He's a, okay. He really is a great jeweler. And an incredible neighbor. First of all, yeah, he's awesome. so much business. He's here almost every day. He's so oh. good. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, tell him, God. tell him I don't appreciate that. Our um, business <laughs> is going down because of that. He eats out a lot. So, yes, you know, I, and, I, I, and I have two bracelets for him to fix. I see. Okay, I see him with yeah. takeout from other businesses, yours uh -huh. included, and I, I like to tease him that he's cheating on us. But uh, yeah, <laughs> no, um, but a great neighbor, and so yeah. yeah so, um, but mo most of that backyard is is the parcel next door is the is the old clay pot shop. Um, mm -hmm. He's got like a corner, and we have like three quarters of it. So oh, uh, that's great. Good patio. We we plan to be able to seat. 40, 40 to 50 people there. And that's, wow, that's, that's with awesome. social distance tables. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, so we're really hoping we can get that going. So that is amazing. Wait, and what's the time frame on that you said? I mean, it's really very much in the hands of the city at this point to give us the green light. The mm -hmm. plan is it's the, that it be in two phases. Phase one is just as a temporary COVID friendly parklet um, mm -hmm. use to just uh, let us get started. And, and then, where do they access it? How do they get to it? So in, the beginning, in the beginning, we will have to just walk people through the storefront and back. And we're putting mm -hmm. in an ADA compliant uh, um, transition or ramp for the doorways that lead out. It's, it's, not, it's not a step, but it, it, because right. there's a bit of a decline, it does require um, a mm -hmm. sort of a ramp that we're having uh, uh, professionally built right now mm -hmm. uh, to be compliant. Uh, and then, um, and then phase two would be eventually to hopefully um, build a vestibule that goes through the the current outpost and, yeah. and into the next door space and out mm -hmm. there. But Absolutely. you know, it's working with the architect, engineers, the the contractor, lawyers, the city. Make sure we you know we want to cross our T's and dot mm -hmm. our I's uh, on everything. So everything will be compliant. But the phase one is just in the in the same way as tables on the sidewalk. Just give us temporary use and yeah. you know, for um, ADA compliance and minimum um, sort of uh, rules to to let us just get like a temporary thing working. Do you have yeah. a, Do you have a dumb waiter? We do. We have a dumb waiter uh, in the back of the of the building that lets us to allows us to. Uh, get shipments. So the wine cellar and uh, and storage for um, for wine and spirits is on the is in what's called like a mezzanine. Uh -huh. it's like middle. It's on. It's basically off the stairways in the back. 
mm -hmm. and temperature controlled. So the dumbwaiter stops there from the ground floor. So shipments of wine and spirits can come That's in awesome. and loaded and brought up there. Um, and then it does stop on the top floor in, in like a service area behind the speakeasy. So that allows us to, um, you know, send bus tubs down. Mm -hmm. uh, not that we've used this in practice yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, it'll be like starting over again. I mean, yeah. once things open up, I mean. Yeah. In many ways, if we get to, you know, if Sonoma hopefully gets to, uh, you know, 25% capacity, we welcome that because um, it'll give us a chance to do like a soft opening. Right. Which right. is what we would yeah. want to do anyway. So. Right. So we would yeah. definitely open under those um, those new guidelines if we. If well, we no, that makes sense. I mean, that makes sense. I think to you for sure. I mean, I don't think we're going anywhere near indoor this winter. I, you know, I was super positive. I think two weeks ago, I was thinking, oh, we were two weeks out, and then I was like, oh, maybe we're a month out. But with um, with what's going on in other countries, our country, and with our, um, I mean, just even with our president. I mean, you see, I think, I think that was a big ding on um, us moving forward in a way, which Very is... sobering uh, moment, just the, just the, uh, the reach of this virus. Yeah. And, right. And now you're hearing reports that it's coming back in certain countries. You know, right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, think, I'm thinking, you know, I work at the Fairmont um, over in Boise, and, and I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing. Um, come winter, if we're not allowed to do indoor dining, I think I'll go back on um, back on unemployment. Possibly, I don't know how much room service we can. You know, how right. many people do you need to do room service? Well, today when I looked at the with I looked at the cases and I looked at. Um, I mean, we had a good amount of cases over the weekend, and I'm trying to understand because I I don't think I really get it. We're in the toughest tier right now. And every Tuesday, they look at everything and make a decision. Well, Monday, they decide. And then Tuesday, they announce it, whether you can move to another tier. I guess my question is, if you get your numbers to a place, so if we were to get our numbers into the tier three, would we move into it right away? Or do we have to stay three weeks at our numbers before we can move into it? I'm very confused on that. Yeah, that's a really good question. In fact, um, we were on the same Zoom call with uh, the congressman, uh, Mike yeah. Thompson, when Saul uh, from La Haye asked a very good question about, and in, uh, he, he had great questions all around, but he, at one point he mentioned something about, I think he said like four or five weeks from, from yeah. um, changing categories. And I didn't know where he got that information. And I meant to follow up with him. I don't even know if I have his contact information but he still doesn't know he asked me yesterday yeah and still you know we're still and i i've been trying to research it this morning because last week um they just let the week pass because of the fires right. so if we were about to move or anything it didn't happen so the, the big question that you're if i understand correctly is you're saying if you get the the numbers that allows you to get to another rating another category that's a little softer uh, do you go right away do you have to stay within that number like hold those numbers for a certain amount of time before for three you weeks and then switch so i'm that i don't know but then today like i'm looking at this so october 4th they october 2nd they updated it 
we were much better last week, but we're now, we have to be um, seven, less than seven, and we are 11.1. And that's so what we went I up in cases per 100,000. So I don't, you know, like if I look at how the county's doing, I mean, we are not compliant in seven different categories in Sonoma County. And we were at five. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Now, if, if that's not the case and they move you, if they go, okay, you guys are all in purple, then you have to stay in purple for three weeks before you can go to the next one. But it's the first one that I'm not sure about um, because we're obviously not compliant. So do you get compliance, stay in the zone, keep your numbers there? And I don't, it's confusing, but yeah. regardless, 25%, I think for you, it's great. You have a huge amount of space. Um, we, you know, honestly, uh, we, we bought, uh, six heat lamps, um, that we found online. I don't know if you know, but if you, certain things, oh, they're gone. Impossible to, I guess, <laughs> yeah. I guess, uh, puppies are hard to come by nowadays. <laughs> Dog. But, uh, but those uh, tall outdoor space heaters are sold out everywhere. And yeah. uh, Chef and I were looking and, and I got to give him the credit. He found six of them and, uh, and we got them. So, so we're hoping, you know, we're hopeful that we can, um, I mean, rain, rain would be prohibitive, but maybe we, maybe there's a tent situation. That's the other question I have is uh, that we have is what are the rules around tents? You know, like for example, sides up. Three sides up. Okay, so if there's yeah. one open side? No, three open sides. Right. Oh, three open sides. Yeah. yeah. Roof but, only one yeah. wall, basically. Permanent. Yeah, like but you could, have, you could have something on wheels that you, or, or another structure, however, that you put in that area that maybe is a windbreaker, but it can't be connected. Right. So yeah. you could have some kind of screens. Two of the walls back there are so tall that um, that I don't think there'll be much wind back there anyway. Oh, that's think. great. Yeah. That's great. Really well, you could attend. I mean, you would yeah. be good. You could just, um, I wonder if the two walls act as walls or they're permanent. So you, you would need both sides up. Right. Or I, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then it's the heat lamps inside of the tent. the tent you can't so, have the heat lamps in the tent i think yeah. if you're a certain height and if it's oh. a certain type of heat lamp you can right okay i don't huh. know but yeah. uh yeah it's there's so many questions and still. and at this point it's like you almost want to try everything and let them tell you to stop because who knows it, it's changing as fast as anything but right. this week we we're not doing the plaza anymore Oh, okay. So as actually last weekend, we, we didn't do it at all last weekend, but when they gave us the, the parklet across the sidewalk, yeah, we're like, why, why are we going to schlep all that stuff into the park when we have the tables right there? And with the, the air quality, we weren't filling them. So it didn't make sense to like do this. Now the weather would stay like this. We've got pretty blue skies today pretty much yesterday was gorgeous oh, the air quality right now is is excellent yeah it's Below amazing 
So, you know, I mean, it's good outdoor dining right now. Right. Yeah. Um, can you can you bring that back if you need to? Is it? Um... I think like next year, if they were to give us seven days a week, we yeah. would probably do it. But to set up on a Thursday and tear down on a Sunday for no real reason whatsoever, yeah. other than they're watering the lawn, it's like okay, well, <laughs> let us ruin the lawn and pay for the pay for new sod next right. year. Right. You know, I mean. But it's it's just it, they've made it unfortunately so difficult for some of the easiest things. I mean, we asked for parklets. I sent them stuff, a Pinterest page, and like all these things months and months and months ago. And yeah. I'm like, this would not be you know the hardest thing in the world. Our issues were you have Caltrans, we have the police department. Right. And the police department were so worried that they want to, because we have so much crime, that when they shoot out of the police department and go down that street with their sirens going like, you know, the one cop car we have in town, they were worried that as people pulled over, they would smash into the people of the parklet. Yeah, we, we, we were told that um, the reason First Street West won't be ever closing is because the police wants that um, artery com coming out of coming all the way out of uh, yeah the police station all the way out. Well, they, I think they're they'll be willing to change that right now. Mm. I mean, you 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 may want to revisit it and take a look. Um, and what they did is they um, painted out the um, parking spots across the street so they're red, which I'm sure our neighbors at Summervine aren't thrilled with, but um, you know, for the amount of people in town right now, there's plenty of parking. Yeah. Yeah. So. And Martine, yeah. I'm sorry, is the, are you guys the reason that the street was kind of torn up for a while? Uh, it was like last year or even the year before it was, um, they was doing a, a lot of, um, they were digging up this, um, the streets. They were, it was like they were putting in new, um, sewer lines or something. I didn't know if it was because of, I thought it was that Darius was putting in a hotel or something. Isn't that oh, what? No, that wasn't why. I don't know. Um, we had to, we didn't have to tear up the street as far as I okay. know. We were required to redo the sidewalk. Yeah, that's, oh, okay. that's what it was. And, okay. and, and we also, it's so funny, you know, just even, I learned so much, even just being a tenant, you just become, you and taking over a lease on a space, you become responsible for the bringing everything up, everything up to code uh, in the public space around your rented space. So we actually had to pay, we had to uh, move a, a hydrant and uh, six feet. So huh. I don't know, the walks and the ramps and the sidewalk, we had to, we had to do all Because they changed the code? I don't know, or whoever did it before us did it wrong, I guess. Oh I my God. <laughs> so strange. To oh, me. good to learn all this stuff. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you seem like you take things in stride, do you? <laughs> I mean, I'm just so grateful. We, you know, um, we moved here, you know, we, my wife and I love New York, but we just thought we want to grow old in a, in a, in a, a better, with a better quality of life than the grind that is living in New York City. And, um, and it just turned out that we moved here before COVID. And the fact that the, the um, Taub family 
decided to stay open through this pandemic and keep going and now actually are investing more money to further the business when, you know, when they could have shut it down. Shut down. I, I was shocked. I was shocked, truly. Really. I, just, I just really count my blessings to be, you know, employed and in a, in a wonderful place that really, as far as COVID goes, is kind of a bubble. I mean, we haven't experienced what I've seen, you know, that my wife and I actually have like some survivor's guilt. You know, when you get, when you see, <laughs> uh, when you see a video of that somebody shoots from their car across the street to the back entrance of a hospital where your kids would go to see their pediatrician and they're loading body bags onto a freezer truck out of that hospital. Yeah. And that hospital is across the street from the high school your, your daughter uh, was going to last year. Yeah. And somebody else posts a picture of the pharmacy across from that hospital uh, because the, the section of the greeting cards for sympathy cards is empty. There's none. Uh, wow. Right. And that's like where, you know, where uh, you went, you know, where you lived your day to day. That uh, my, niece, my niece and nephew live in New York. Yeah. And so they escaped to the suburbs for the first four months, but I think they're both back in their apartments now. Yeah. Um, but just horrible. Just, yeah. I mean. So, uh, so we just felt really blessed just to be here. Mm -hmm. so I do take things in stride. I've always been uh, a, a glass half full kind of guy, but mm -hmm. you know. What does your wife do? So um, my wife, is we we both met in graduate school for for uh acting so we oh. moved to new york to be actors um so mm -hmm. i very much fell into the cliche of the the you know waiter actor um <laughs> and she went the route of uh of education so she she became very much uh passionate about yoga on her own and then eventually eventually got certified to teach yoga uh, for adults, but then got certified to teach yoga to, to children and really got very passionate about working with kids. So mm -hmm. um, the, for the last 10 year decade, she in New York, she was the um, movement teacher at a private preschool on the Upper East Side. So she mm -hmm. taught kids about, um, about their bodies and about spatial mm -hmm. awareness and respect for other people's, other children's bodies and um, and how to breathe and, and move and, and move fast and move slow and motor skills, mm -hmm. all these kinds of things. So she would incorporate yoga and theatrical games and mm -hmm. play and dramatic play, uh, in her lessons. And she also had some private clients. She worked with like autistic um, mm -hmm. people and children, um, at yoga as a therapy. So she is actually, uh, before COVID started, she started a yoga therapy training out of a, a center in Marin that's really great. And that moved to Zoom. So she's still continuing that, but it's a long, uh, a long coursework, and it's slowed, I think, by the by the mm -hmm. Zoom methodology is is uh, hampers the the the, yeah. the pace of it. Um, but she she was not able to find full time work before COVID, and so she's she's kind of uh, she's got cabin fever. She really is kind oh. of career. She. She has a, a, a private client here in, in town that she uh, does yoga with, uh, uh, an elderly uh, client, and, um, and works with him. He's very fit and physical. I make it sound like he's mm -hmm. old, but he's not. He, mm -hmm. He's like a motorcycle riding, you know, young mm -hmm. at heart guy, but he needs to maintain fle you know, flexibility uh, and 
and fitness for his uh, for all that he likes to do at his age. And so she works with him a couple times a week. And um, but yeah, she she really would would love to get back into uh, a full time job in the workforce. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm gonna have another client for her. I I worked uh, at the Fairmont with the with the guy Vincent, actually who used to work at the Girl in the Fig. Yes, yeah. Um, he's he's now working at Wit and Wisdom, but he's he's from New York, and I love the whatever it is the juxtaposition whatever of of someone from New York that does yoga. You know, Vince is very much a typical New York guy. And then when he talks about yoga, it just seems like such a strange combination. But I know he's he's probably looking for um, looking for someone to do um, yoga with them. So I'll I'll, oh, wow. I'll turn him on because I'm sure he'd just love to come in and talk to you guys. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, uh, well, small word. I mean, you've met lots of people. I mean, if you if you met Michelle, then you've met half the town. Oh my God! Yes, yes. Michelle Lacey, and uh, there's another Michelle that uh, Dale. That Michelle Dale. Really, yeah. Between yeah. those two Michelles, you 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 yeah. get to really know a lot of a lot of sound yeah. for sure. If it's you add Gary Saperstein onto it, then you are done. I've, I've, met, I've met Gary. And, uh, <laughs> and we've um, we've only you know socially distanced over a, actually over a slushy from Girl in the Fig. Oh, good. Also one one uh, one evening we mm -hmm. just kind of ran into each other. Oh, um, fun. So, but I met him through Michelle Lacey, of course. Yeah. But actually, um, also just in terms of um, like digital exchanges. Um, the outpost donated uh, dinner for six to Gary's. Uh, I know, I saw thing, and we're partnering with Lloyd across the street. We have such great neighbors. I mean, uh, I guess everybody in Sonoma seems to be like mm -hmm. friendly and nice and and great people. But they're just showing um, their good side. It's not really true. Okay, so yeah, my do you really phase, get open? Yeah, I'm gonna hold on to the honeymoon phase with, with yeah. the community as long. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Uh, but we're partnering with Lloyd across the street from Corner 103, so he'll do the wines and we'll do the dinner. Someday for, 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 uh, for who bought it? Do you know who bought it? I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. that'd be yeah, very cool. Um, yeah. Oh, and another person that uh, I've met people through is um, and a neighbor down the street is um, Sarah Anderson of Chateau. Oh Saint. yeah, of course. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's lovely. Yeah. yeah, we have a few good peeps. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think she's gonna get her patio together as well. Yeah, she was telling me about, it's been a while yeah. since I talked to her, but it, but it's a yeah. beautiful space for sure. Yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah. So yeah, we're hopeful that you know, regardless of what the the COVID situation is, that we can get the patio going. So if anyone from the city of Sonoma has any or <laughs> is listening to this, <laughs> help us along. Yeah, seriously. We want to provide well, new and exciting uh, yeah. experiences for for the community. So are you working with Lisa Jansen at all? Lisa Jansen, why do I know that? Oh yes, she reached out to me. And Good, because she's pushing, she is pushing things through. So I would just use her as much as you can. Yes, uh, yeah. Yeah, she reached out to me. We met at a party and uh, <laughs> pre-COVID, pre-COVID, pre -COVID, I'm not sure right. now. You know, it's, um, I have to say in the 20 some years we're open, this year I, I really feel the city has tried harder than ever to work with the businesses. And I say that with huge amount of gratitude. 
Um, you know, we've had a lot of years that you can't make anything happen. You have a different city council, you right. know, there's too many things going on, but they have really, really, maybe it's not going as fast as we would like, um, yeah. you know, but they're trying. So yeah. I appreciate no, and, that. And I don't, I haven't met her personally and I don't know, I know her last name off the top of my head, but I know that my boss, because the dealings with the city is above my pay grade. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, it's all what I pick up in phone conversations, emails, mm -hmm. and whatever. Um, but I know that Wendy from the city has been oh, incredibly supportive yeah. and yeah. helpful and encouraging. I know she that yeah. it's been, uh, from, from what I'm hearing, it's been a joy to work with her. No, from, she's awesome. From my, yeah. from my company's perspective. Right. Right. Um, Good. Good. Yeah. And, and I'm super impressed with the, um, the, the tag team of the, um, the visitors bureau and the chamber, they're just everyone, uh, you know, mm -hmm. Mark at the chamber and, and Tim and his, his, uh, Jose and, and Lori, they're all just mm -hmm. super supportive and helpful and wealth of, uh, information and support. So I, I'm yeah. really impressed with the community in that way. I know I've also heard, you know, the phrase, uh, or the saying, uh, slow Noma. So I understand <laughs> It's time to get things done around here. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I guess it just is what it is. And well, and it's just, it's so weird. It's a weird time. And so, um, you know, today I just feel like time is like going by so quickly. And I'm just like, where is it going? I look at the clock and I mean, it's like, how can it be four o'clock already? It's like, what did I do today? Right. I mean, it's really, really strange. Yeah, the weeks fly by. It's, weeks it's, are flying, inventory to inventory to inventory. <laughs> That's how I count my months. Right, right. Oh, man. I will say, um, you know, just before COVID, um, I'm just really impressed at what, uh, I don't know if impressed is the right word, but um, it's just struck me how, what a social town this is. The community is so, like, they like to party. And I don't mean that in a way of like, in yeah. a bad like you know like they're you know it's just crawling with alcoholics or something i just mean right. it's, it's a very social town yeah and it seemed like a part of my wife and i part of it was like we were like is this because we're new and people are you know, <laughs> for new blood but or we just this seems like we were being invited to like a dinner party here a hangout there we're going to the plaza i don't go to any of those things i don't get invited anywhere uh, i don't know maybe just you know it's because uh, you're new yeah, I guess. No, I'm but kidding. I'm like, teasing. <laughs> just felt like, wow, we're, we moved here and we were like, we're being more social than we were in New York. Like, in, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, maybe that'll wear off too. But it, it all got damaged. I'm teasing you. COVID, obviously, but uh, you know, when you look at our Tuesday night farmers market in its yeah. in its full extent, you are yeah. like, it's oh, really wow. Festive. Yeah, it's festive. It's know? festive. And we yeah. we've heard. A lot of tales about Fourth of July, which we missed out on this year. Oh but God, you have the best best corner, yeah, so. yeah. John would pull up his truck, my business partner. He'd pull up the truck in front of the hotel and load it up with beach chairs, and we'd sit in the back of the truck to watch the parade. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, yeah. Well, John has not answered me back, which he must be very very busy this Monday morning in New York City. John Giorno. Yes, but I'm sure he'll connect at some point and he'll be totally like, what? Yeah, we, we'll have to, once all this passes, we'll have to get it. Yeah, 
Exactly. Exactly. But it's so nice to meet you. Um, I can't wait to meet you in person and, you know, this will be over whenever it's over. Yeah. I, I am uh, very eager to meet, uh, meet you guys in person as well. I'm thrilled that you, uh, invited me to hang out, hang out for uh, a while. And, yeah, and it's awesome. You guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, Thank you. Sorry, I'm coming. I'm coming back on. I've I've got a. Ah, finally, it stopped for the yeah, last ten hear, minutes. I didn't hear it. There, there's this car alarm that's been going off outside my window, and unfortunately, even through the window, it was just like so loud that I had to I mute myself. I couldn't hear it. I couldn't okay. Hear it at all. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Okay, it just went off. Um, okay. Yeah, Martine, very good to meet you. I can't wait to come in and and check out the spot. Um, you know. Hopefully sooner than later we can get back to normal business because you will see that um, Sonoma is a very social town. One of the most interesting aspects to what you guys are doing um, is is staying open a little bit later. I think you will find that you will get some industry people that are going to want to come in and have drinks after work. That's uh, something that, you know, most of Sonoma shuts their doors at like nine o'clock. And so if you're used to living in a city like, you know, I worked in San Francisco for a long time and you're used to going out and hanging out with the other people that work in restaurants. And I think Starling has sort of become that spot for people because you've got um, industry people that, that um, are running it and understand that. But with the space that you guys have, it will soon be one of those spots yeah. as well. Um, sure. and, yeah. And, yeah. and such I, uh, a great location. Thank you. I um I had the good fortune of of uh, managing a um it was a restaurant but that was a, an industry darling, um a, a destination but also uh, a regulars neighborhood joint and you know I really hope to, that we can walk that line here at the outpost. Yeah. I want to you know right. I want to be a gathering place for locals. I'd mm -hmm. love to be a, an industry hang, um mm -hmm. but I'll you know and also obviously the tourist business is super important for all of us. Mm -hmm. Um and I just would like to say for anybody that is listening that you know. Even though it's COVID, we are open for retail, for wine uh, shopping, and I'm happy. We're, we're thrilled to give people tours and show them around the upstairs. Oh, very just, nice. Just so people can see what we're about and be excited to, to come join us when the time comes. So people can come on by and ask to see the upstairs. We're happy to show them around. You know, very wear, mask, awesome. wear your mask and socially distant uh, right. on, the, on the little tour, little walkthrough. But uh, yeah, we're happy to have people. Yeah, and those are, you know, the best concierges are the local people that actually have had a chance to check out your space and experience what you're doing. And then, you know, th that's what I do e all day, every day is people ask me, where should we go for dinner? Where should we go taste wine? Right. Um, and so it's nice to have those those little um, cool spots mm -hmm. to send them to. Um, cool. And if anyone wants to check out the your website, um, I know on Instagram they can follow you at, um, is it at... Todd Family Outpost? No, Instagram. No, no, it's at uh, Sonoma Outpost. Sorry. Yep, just Sonoma Outpost. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you can check out some pictures of the food and some of the cocktails there as well. And, yeah, sure. and then online, uh, your website, uh, Tob Family Outpost, correct? Yeah, TobFamilyOutpost.com. T-A-U-B. It's, yeah. it's a very large, um, I mean, it's a very, very large portfolio of imports that yeah, your company no. has. I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No. So Linda, our owner is definitely wants to showcase a lot of uh, her husband's legacy. And now her son mm -hmm. runs that. Jean-Michel Girand. He's a friend of mine. Who is? 
Jean-Michel Girard. Okay. Yeah, and then they, they have the Chateau Graysac, um, which is one of my favorite um, uh, Bordeaux's um, in that portfolio. And, and I think one of the wines they're selling there at... Um, the uh, Lafitte Bate. Rothschild, too, is an incredible... <laughs> Who, who are they again? <laughs> no, so yeah, so the, the my dream trip to Argentina would be to visit their the their they partner with a is it Amancaya in uh, Argentina? I think. Yeah, they have a they have a project going on there that would be amazing. It's sort of like the Mondavi and Baron Philippe uh, project that we have going on over here in Napa. Yeah, yeah, um, but but we also have you know we also have great local you know producers as well so we mm -hmm. you know Kevin, no, it's very cool it's very cool Kevin so, it, it's, it's important to Kevin that we you know that we honor you know where we are and and, and the neighbors uh mm -hmm. and Napa and, and beyond as well so mm -hmm. we try For to sure. you know, walk yeah. that line yeah. yeah and and eventually when we do have uh you know actual wine flights you know at our wine bar it'll be it'll be cool because you can come in and do a domestic flight or an international flight right. and there'll be the plan is to have two price points, two tiers mm -hmm. each. So, nice. an, you know, a lower price point domestic, lower price point international, mm -hmm. you know, so. Very cool. We love what, that. You know, just curious about this. I was wondering, because I was just, I was reading something about single thread. Um, what is the rooftop like on your building? I, I've not been up there, but it's not, I wish we could, convert that to you know usable space but how cool would that be on the plaza to have rooftop like on the roof yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah okay well future future plans yeah one day <laughs> one yeah. day um, all right martine thank you so much for joining us today can we share a glass with you guys yeah it would be awesome all right, thank you. all right thank really, you. really nice to be here thank you so much for having me all right, everyone, if you want to check out some of our past episodes, hit us up at thebikegoeson.com. You can also reach us at Radio Misfits backslash The Bike Goes On. Sandra? Brian? Good to see you, as always. You too, honey. You too. Stay well, stay safe, wear a mask, be kind. Doing uh, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah, and pray for a opening sooner than later. Check us out on all your uh, local platforms and leave us a review. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye.